Hello, and welcome to A Murderous Affair, the podcast about women in history known for mayhem and murder. This week, we're talking about two women, one of which is someone who recently made the news, and the other is a woman who caused a lot of mystery and chaos to many investigators. The first is Margaret Frances Maggie Elizabeth Sweeney, which is a huge mouthful, And the second is The Phantom of Heilbronn. And there's a little bit of a theme, but I'm not going to say too much about it because otherwise I feel like that gives the whole story away. So we're going to start with the most recent first, the most recent of which is Margaret Sweeney. Now, Sweeney was in the news as of August 2023. And normally on this podcast, we talk about women known for murder or like various mayhem, but Sweeney was here became known for murder in a different way. On August 18th, Sweeney made headlines when she made, quote, anonymous false third-party reports to her friends and the Department of Social Services in Franklin, North Carolina, which alluded to her very own murder. She was found August 19th in a neighboring town and arrested two days later. According to the police in a statement on Facebook, quote, Sweeney's actions caused our department, as well as other departments, many hours of work which could have been spent on other matters. Family, friends, and the community as a whole were very concerned and worried about Sweeney's welfare. An arrest warrant says authorities spent 75 hours searching for Sweeney and investigating the case, NBC News reported. She faces charges of causing a false report to a police station, falsely reporting death or serious injury by phone, and obstructing law enforcement officers. Franklin Police Chief Devin Holland said that Sweeney was found at a local park and that she, quote, does not have a consistent place of residence. She was released on a written promise to appear in court on September 7th, and there have been a few updates to this story as of August 23rd. The same police chief, Devin Holland, said there was, quote, domestic issues with the boyfriend, and that may be the reason that these reports were made, which could lead in a myriad of other horrible directions. Like, did she make that threat because she thought she was in imminent danger from her boyfriend? Hopefully these are things that are being taken into consideration. But in addition to this, there was also a Facebook comment made by an account that is, so far at least, presumed to be under Sweeney's name. Um, Its profile's name is Maggie Sweeney and it has a picture of her and it commented under a police statement about what happened saying this. Social media has us believing we're entitled to know about people slash situations that have nothing to do with us. In place of support, we ridicule those that do not answer questions that make them uncomfortable. I decide when slash what slash with whom I confide in. No one for a long time. I am private. I keep to myself, minding my business, not minding the business of others. So, I mean, there's that. If it is indeed even related to the Sweeney who we're talking about, it could just be like someone made a random Facebook profile and decided to hop on the notoriety train. Um, But I just feel like it's a weird situation overall. And, you know, she's supposed to be in court on September 7th. So if there is an update, I'll definitely be talking about it in a future episode. In other news, before we start with the Phantom of Heilbronn, I have something exciting to share. A Murderous Affair is going to be recording live at ScaredyCon on September 9th, which is being hosted at Taproom 120. So if you're in the Arizona area, the Gilbert, Arizona area more specifically, um, and you have nothing to do on September 9th, come by Taproom 120. 
and ScaredyCon is free to enter. There's going to be celebrities, there's going to be vendors, um, there's going to be a like costume contest. It's going to be a ton of fun. It was the brainchild of the podcast ScaredyCast, which talks about true crime, horror movies, basically everything monstery and spooky. So if you haven't checked them out, I would definitely recommend doing so. And if you're in the area, then stop by. It should be a good time. I figured at the event to embrace the spooky theme, I'll be talking about different women that are prominent in horror movies and the real life accounts that they are based off of. So if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to reach out to me at Frumious Reads, F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. You know, I have a couple in mind, but if you guys know of any like that are maybe a little less known, let me know because I'd love to kind of talk about ones that are maybe more popular, but then also some that are a little less popular. And of course, I'm going to record the thing so you guys who unfortunately can't make it in person will still be able to listen via podcast. So that's something to look forward to if you guys can't make it. And we're going to really test my technological skills here um, and see how that turns out. But I think it'll be fun. Um, Is there anything else? I mean, I'm sick again, but what else is new? Um, I think think I'll be finally getting answers as to why I get so sick once a month soon since I finally got my blood test back. Hopefully it's the answer as to also why I have this super fun heart arrhythmia as well and it will altogether just fix everything. So yay dealing with the healthcare system in America. That's all the housekeeping I can think of. Now, let's get on to the story. Who is the Phantom of Heilbronn? Well, she was also known as the Woman Without a Face, which makes me think of Welcome to Night Vale, and um, what's her name? The Old Woman Josie, who secretly lives in your home. Oh no, the Faceless Old Woman who secretly lives in your home. That's who it reminds me of. Which, um, I wonder if she was, like, inspired by this person. That'd be interesting, uh, if anybody knows. But, The Phantom of Heilbronn was a mystery that plagued investigators from 1993 to 2009 in Austria, France, and Germany. Among other crime scenes, there was DNA that had allegedly placed her at six different murders, including that of police officer Michelle Kaiswetter in Heilbronn, Germany in April of 2007. So... This phantom woman's DNA was found at over 40 crime scenes. It was found on items ranging from like a cookie to a syringe of heroin to a stolen car. And profilers from all around Europe were called in to help identify who this woman could possibly be. There was also a 300,000 euro to 400,000 euro reward that was offered to anyone who knew anything about her involvement in these cases. Honestly, and this is like something that makes me feel like this case is from the 19th century, but the police and investigators even conferred with like fortune tellers and psychics to try and discover her identity. Newspapers and different news articles declared this woman to be involved in, quote, the most mysterious serial crime of the past century. This whole investigation was an absolute mystery. Apparently, investigators in Germany spent two years dedicated to just finding out who this woman was. So, this phantom was not only a brutal killer whose DNA has been found on six homicides, and she became a national celebrity in Germany after after the murder of the policewoman, but she was also a thief who'd been involved in car dealership robberies and a school break-in. She had a long list of accomplices from various different nationalities who all denied her involvement and whose territory ranged across France, Germany, and Austria. She was literally a ghost. No camera had ever captured her image, and of course, witnesses had difficulty describing her. She seemed to 
have a truly generic appearance and was sometimes described as a woman and sometimes described as a man. It wasn't until 2009 that the mystery of who exactly the Phantom of Heilbronn was, was solved. In 2009, authorities were trying to establish the identity of a burned corpse and were re-examining fingerprints of a male asylum seeker who'd given his fingerprints years before when attempting to gain entry. Somehow, the fingerprints revealed DNA from the Phantom of Heilbronn. Of course, this confused everyone, so they repeated the test with a different cotton swab, and this time found no trace of her DNA. Which is trippy, right? Here's the big reveal. The Phantom of Heilbronn never existed. The DNA that had been found at all those crime scenes they all came from the same worker at a factory in Austria, and the cotton swabs had somehow been contaminated with her DNA. So just to be clear, the factory worker was entirely innocent and had nothing to do with any of the crimes being committed. The current theory is that during the packaging process, her DNA was transferred onto the cotton swabs, and then those swabs were the ones that were used in crime scenes that just happened to be in the distribution area from that factory, which is why it was like so close across borders because France, Germany, and Austria, you know, the distribution would be within those ranges. The cotton swabs are sterilized before being used to collect DNA samples. Apparently, while that sterilization removes bacteria, viruses, and fungi, it does not destroy DNA. Now, this is according to a Times article that was written in 2009, so that was well over a decade ago, and I'm sure that there are advancements that have been made since then, at least partially inspired by this whole situation. Dr. Lindsay Wilson-Wild, who is the director of the National Institute of Forensic Science, Australia-New Zealand Policy Advisory Agency, explains, quote, In the Phantom of Heilbronn case, Pleats spent eight years an estimated 2 million euros and over 16,000 hours of overtime searching for a female serial killer linked to over 40 crimes across Germany, Austria, and France. Of course, in addition to all this wasted time and money, there were dozens of people who were victims of these crimes whose cases were essentially scrapped and had to be restarted because the investigators were quote-unquote chasing a ghost. One of the really interesting questions that this article asked, and this is an article published in ISO.org talking about a reform that happened in 2016 that was inspired by the Phantom of Heilbronn. So this is an article written by the International Organization for Standardization, which is the ISO. The ISO is an independent, non-governmental international organization with a membership of 169 national standard bodies. Um, it basically brings together experts to share knowledge and develop voluntary, consensus-based, market-relevant international standards that support innovation and provide solutions to global challenges. And what it does is it goes in to the standard that was published in 2016 to minimize the risk of human DNA contamination in products used to collect, store, and analyze biological material for forensic purposes. So it's really interesting how um, this whole international incident really inspired such change in the forensic community. The reality of this is that the global forensic science community wanted to try and stop this from happening in the future. So the ISO 18385, which is what I just read, is the first international standard on the manufacture of forensic consumables that outlines the requirements for various kits, 
used in DNA analysis by the forensic science community. So Wilson Wild says ISO 18385 provides guidance to manufacturers on how to minimize the chance of a contamination event. It also sets a pass-fail criteria so that the manufacturers can, for the first time, test their products against the requirements of the forensic industry to ensure they are fit for purpose. In this standard, it says it, quote, helps to avoid incidents such as the Phantom of Heilbronn or the Woman Without a Face. Basically, this whole this whole ISO 18385 was created to give confidence to the forensic scientists and the people who are investigating that the products they used are actually able to be used for their purpose and that measures have been taken to reduce the cross-contamination effect. Um, apparently now there is a way to uh, read and see, like do a test and see it on these materials if there was DNA that was made in man the manufacturing process but like it really makes you think like I didn't even know that was really a possibility like stuff from you know going from manufacturing into the crime you know investigators and crime labs that could have had possible cross-contamination which that is something that we should be thinking about just because it's not like we haven't had cases here in America where, you know, various forensic scientists were arrested for tampering with the data samples and the forensic evidence that they were supposed to be analyzing. The Phantom of Heilbronn was hunted for 16 years, and in the end, she didn't exist. And of course, newspapers went absolutely wild over all of this. So many different punny uh, articles were released, like calling, asking if the German police had nothing but cotton fluff in their heads. Um, and, you know, the really, as like interesting as this is and how it can kind of be looked at in a funny light, the sad thing is that, you know, all of these cases that people were so focused on, you know, supposedly the one woman that was behind all of it, all these cases had to be scrapped and started from ground zero all over again after having had so many years of investigating into this so-called phantom. Definitely a different type of woman known for mayhem, but um, I thought that that was interesting and it kind of went with the Margaret Sweeney story as well. So I don't know if you guys have heard anything about this phantom of Heilbronn. Um, I'm honestly surprised that she isn't more well-known because I feel like that's just something that is so interesting to think of is how, you know, even though now it's like we know, even in 2000s, you know, by 2009, we knew how important DNA evidence was and everything like that. It's interesting to see like this wasn't that long ago that this processing of DNA, this one thing that happened, this contamination really threw so many investigators off and wasted so much money and time with the investigators trying to figure out what was happening. So let me know if you guys have heard of this case. Um, I thought it was definitely an interesting one to cover, but that's all I have for you guys today. Um, yeah, I definitely am fascinated by this story. Uh, I kind of want to go and look and see if there's any others, but I feel like this was a big enough mistake that since then investigators and forensic scientists have probably done everything they can to make sure that something like this at least doesn't happen on as much of an international scale. So yeah, let me know what you guys thought of this episode. If you had any thoughts on Margaret Sweeney, if you had any thoughts on the Phantom of Heilbronn, let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, 
if you are thinking you're going to be able to make it to ScaredyCon, let me know because I'm super excited about that. I think that'd be so fun to see anybody who listens to this podcast. Um, so if you plan on going, reach out to me. I am on Frumious Reads. I am on, geez, I am at Frumious Reads, F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram. Oh, I like went through my spiel and Twitter is now X, which I hate. I never use it, but I'm on there still. I still exist. I have a profile there. Um, TikTok, any and all social media. Make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date with everything new and murderous. You can find us on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Libsyn, anywhere that you can listen or follow to podcasts. We are there. But thank you guys so much for listening. Stay spooky, friends. And I will talk to you guys later. Okay, bye.